You're listening to the Am Life Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking about habits, how to create new ones, and how to destroy old ones. Stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jennifer Blanchard, the Feel Good Life Coach, and the Am Life is an unconventional guide to creating the feel good life of your dreams. Conventional advice says if you want something, you have to do more, sacrifice, and work harder. But that's a bunch of nonsense. In this podcast, I show you how to work from the inside out to have everything you want and more. Here, you'll find a bridge between the woo-woo and the practical, so you'll know exactly how to create the life and business of your dreams. Because it's not either or, it's and. Hello, and welcome to the Am Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Blanchard. I'm an author and a screenwriter who helps you to get whatever you want without worrying about how you're going to do it. And I am so excited. This is the very first episode of the new year. It is 2022. And I thought, what better topic to start with for the very first episode of the year than habits? So last year, I ran a 100-day Get Your Goal Challenge. I've actually run this challenge six times. This is the sixth, last year was the sixth year that I ran it. And I did a training in the group called Habits and How to Overcome Them how to create new ones. And I thought, you know what, this would be a great audio training to share with my podcast because it is the beginning of the year. It's the time of the year where people are making changes, starting to figure out what they want for the year, possibly doing resolutions, although I'm not a big fan of that, but sometimes people are still into doing resolutions and that's cool. Um, But it is a great time of the year to really be thinking about changes that you want to make. And in my opinion, the easiest way to make a change is to turn something you're doing into a habit. Once it's a habit, it becomes who you are, right? It becomes an identity. It becomes something you just live by and not something you have to force yourself to do or remember to do or any of that stuff. So I find that if I turn the things I want to be doing consistently into habits, then I automatically do them and then suddenly I'm getting the results without feeling like I'm doing a lot of work or putting a lot of effort in. And I'm all about the ease, right? So that that for me is a great thing. So I hope you enjoy this training and let me know if you have any questions. You can always get me in my free Facebook group, the Feel Good Life Club, after you hear this audio. And one more thing I'll mention, in the at the end of the training, I talk about the Feel Good Life Planner, which is a 12-month undated planner that I created with my team last year. And um, in the audio, I talk about how it's not out yet, but it is out now. So you can definitely check it out on Amazon. It's called the Feel Good Life Planner. It's available in two sizes, an eight and a half by 11 and a six by nine. So you have two options for size choices. You can just go to dreamliferbust.com if you want to check it out because they're both there. And um, otherwise, enjoy this training. I can't wait to hear what comes up for you. And a happy new year. I hope that you have some great intentions for this year. And I hope that this training helps you to make them happen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our 100-day Get Your Goal Challenge next training on habits and how to change them. I'm excited to have this convo today because I know that a big part of achieving your goals, of actually getting the things, achieving the things that you want, is all about making sure your habits align with you having that thing, right? With you being that person. And so if there are things that like, for example, my goal for this 100 day challenge is to publish my new novella by the end of December, right? So in that, there is a habit of consistently sitting down and working on my book, right? Consistently sitting down and writing every day or as many days as I'm deciding are appropriate for me. And with that is the habit of writing consistently. And it's a challenge for a lot of people to have habits around the things that they want to be doing or that they want to be achieving 
because of what we're going to talk about here. So if you've ever tried to change a habit and you're like, it's so hard, I don't know why it never works, like it works for a little while and then it's like it never works and I can't actually change it and I just fall back into my old ways again, then this conversation is going to help you so much. So the first thing to know is that changing your habits is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. So if you ever feel like that, if you ever feel like I haven't been able to do it, it's so hard, like I have a hard time being consistent with it, it's not your fault, right? It's not anything you need to blame yourself for. It's not anything you need to berate yourself for or give yourself a hard time about because it is not your fault, okay? First thing. Next is that there are three parts of our brain that we have going on. And these three parts affect our habits in different ways. So first you have your prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of your brain. It's the thinking part of your brain. It's the part of your brain that's active when you're consciously thinking about something. And in that part of your brain, yeah, you think, oh, I can change that habit. It's easy. I'm going to do this and this and this. And that's the part of your brain that makes the plan for this habit change you want to make, right? I'm going to sit down every day at this time and I'm going to write and blah, 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 or whatever it is for you. So in that part of your brain, it feels like, oh yeah, I can do this. It's easy, whatever. Then you have the emotional part of your brain. It's also called the limbic brain or the paleomammalian brain. I like just calling it your emotional brain because that feels like the most easy name for it. Um, but basically, it's the part of your brain that has the memory and the the emotions, all the like stored emotions and things are in that part of your brain. So you have habits that are tied to certain emotional feelings, right? And so in that part of your brain, when you have a habit in place, when you do that habit, that part of your brain gets activated in the sense of like whatever emotion you feel when you do that thing. And then the final part of your brain, the oldest part is the reptilian brain, which is the part of your brain that handles fight or flight. It's the part of your brain that is in charge of keeping all your vitals running. So like your heart beating, you breathing without you having to think about any of this stuff. It's also responsible for your survival, right? So it's the part of your brain that is the most, like I said, it's the oldest part. It's the part that we started with before all the other parts developed. So the thing with the reptilian brain and the reason why it's so hard to change habits is because any habit you currently have, anything you've been doing enough times consistently that you're you're now doing it all the time, whether it's something that you consider good or bad, that part of your brain believes that every single habit you have is necessary for your survival. And so it will fight you on making the change because it believes that you will die if you don't have that habit anymore, okay? And this part of your brain does not distinguish between something that's a good habit and something that's a bad habit. It just sees habits in general. So if there is something you've done every single day consistently for a period of time, whether it's good or bad in your mind, it's always gonna be taken as this is a habit you need or you're going to die. You're not gonna survive without this habit. Now we all know that's not actually true, right? Having a habit of eating a lot of sugar and then deciding you're gonna change that you're not going to die if you decide not to eat sugar, right? You're not going to die if you decide you're going to start brushing your teeth more often. You're not going to die if you decide that you're going to start flossing after never having flossed your entire life, right? Like you're not going to have, you're not going to die with certain habits being taken away from you or new habits being put in place. But that part of your brain doesn't know that, right? It doesn't distinguish between this is a good habit to have. We should do this more. This is a bad habit. We shouldn't do this. All it does is it works based on what you do consistently and what you do every day for the most part, right? So if you've done something like, let's say, smoke cigarettes every day or drink alcohol or something like that, 
It thinks you need those habits in order to survive. It doesn't know that that's not a habit you actually need. So this is why I was saying, if you have habits that you're like, they're not supporting me, they're not really getting me where I wanna go, or they're working against me in some ways, it's not your fault. It's simply something you did, probably unconsciously, right? And you didn't purposely create this habit to your, for yourself. It just happened because you started doing something every day without thinking about it, right? You just started to do this every day. You started to watch TV after work every day instead of doing the things you actually wanna be doing, right? Or cooking yourself a healthy dinner, you decide to order takeout because it's easier. It just becomes a habit. So then that part of your brain gets the message, oh, this is something we need for survival. And so when you want to eat something healthy, your brain is like, no, 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 don't don't, don't cook, that's eat, that's, that's to take so much work, it's not, it's, it's too much effort, just order takeout, it's easy, you do that all the time. And so you're just kind of like pre-programmed to do that habit automatically because of the reptilian part of your brain. So because it doesn't distinguish between good habits and bad habits, it just thinks you need all of them. And we all know that that's not actually true, right? So if you want to achieve your goals, whatever they are, it's all about making sure you have a habit in place that's going to support you in doing that, right? So whether that's every week you're doing something specific that's getting you moving forward on the goal, or like I was saying with the writing example, am I writing every single day? Do I have a habit around writing and around doing my writing? Because if I do, then I'm supporting myself in achieving my goal and the reptilian part of my brain thinks that this is a survival habit and therefore reminds me every day to do this thing, right? It has like a trigger that it goes off in there. Oh, it's time to do this thing, right? It knows, it just triggers it. So that's why it can be hard to change your habits because if you've been doing something or not doing something, right? Because the other thing is if you don't have a habit around something, it becomes more of a challenge to be, make it a habit, to make it become a habit because the reptilian part of your brain is like, oh, you don't need to do that. You never do that. It's not anything you do all the time. So it's clearly not anything that you need for survival. So who cares? We don't need to do that, right? And that's what makes it more of a challenge because it doesn't know that you wanting to eat healthier is actually a good habit to create. It doesn't know that you wanting to not smoke anymore or you not wanting to drink anymore or you not wanting to whatever habit you might have. It doesn't know that because you're not doing something or because you are doing something, it doesn't know the difference, right? It doesn't realize that you want to build a good habit, but you haven't been doing that, it's not something you've been doing previously, so it doesn't think you need it, right? And therefore, it's not gonna trigger you, it's not gonna remind you, it's not gonna tell you, oh, you need to do that thing every day. But you can change this, right? It is absolutely possible to do this. And the biggest thing is repetition, right? It's is having a repeated thing you're doing every single day, because if you do that, your, your reptile brain at some point is gonna automatically realize, oh shit, we need this, right? This is now something we need to survive. And again, it doesn't actually mean you need it to survive. It's just that part of your brain believes that you do. So for example, like exercise. So if you never exercise and then you suddenly decide, I'm gonna start exercising every day, at first, you may not have a trigger that goes off that says it's time to exercise because that part of your brain doesn't have that programmed in there yet, right? It's not a habit yet. So it doesn't think you need to exercise for survival. It doesn't care about that habit because it's never been a priority in the, the past, right? So if that's something you want to do, if that's like a change you want to make and you're like, yeah, my goal is to whatever it is with fitness, let's say, then you want to start exercising every day. So how do you make it a habit if your brain isn't going to remind you at this point, if your brain isn't going to support you at this point, how do you make that change? So I have a couple of things that I'm going to tell you for myself that have helped me and um, hopefully this will help you as well. So first, 
it's a decision that you make, right? At the end of the day, whether you're making a habit change, whether you're doing something else in your life, it's always a decision that you make. I am now deciding to not do this anymore. I am now deciding to do this every day, whatever it is for you. And so decision is the most important thing. And then it's committed decision. And to me, committed decision means you decide it over and over and over again. Every day, sometimes multiple times a day, depending on what it is, that you are going to do this, right? This is who I am now. This is the habit I'm putting in place now. Or this is the habit I'm taking out of place now, right? If it's something you want to change. And that's it. It's a decision and then a committed decision. So you make the decision once, but you got to keep making it over and over again. Because if you don't do that, it's never going to stick, right? You got to have that ability to keep making that decision over and over again, especially if you're changing a bad habit. So like if there's something you don't want to do anymore, there's going to be triggers in your brain, in that reptilian part of your brain that trigger you to do this habit. Like this is what happens with people who smoke cigarettes, let's say, right? They have a certain habit of at certain times a day, they go out and have a cigarette, right? Right after they eat, when they're having their coffee, after they finish work for the day, like they have certain times a day where they're triggering their brain to go smoke a cigarette. So in order to stop doing that, it's first of all going to be a challenge because your brain thinks you need this habit for survival. So it's knowing what you're up against. And then it's a decision that you make every day, right? Every single day, I don't smoke anymore. I am no longer smoking. And when those triggers go off, because they will go off, right? For a temporary period of time until it's programmed in there that you don't do this anymore, they're going to keep reminding you, oh, it's time to smoke. It's time to go out and smoke. It's time to go have your cigarette or whatever it is, right? This is just an example. So in that case, it's a committed decision, right? I'm committed to no longer doing this thing. So when the trigger goes off, oh, it's time to go have your morning cigarette or your whatever, it's no, because I've decided that I don't do that anymore. And you make the decision in that moment over and over and over again. And now obviously it can be a challenge to do that when it's something that's been a habit for so long, but that's the work, right? That's a decision you make and then you keep making it over and over again. The other thing that has helped me a lot is basically what I call a replacement activity or a replacement action. So if you want to change something, if you want to make a change in your habits, it's looking at, first of all, what is the trigger, right? Where do I get triggered to go do this thing? So if it's cigarettes, for example, well, after you have your morning coffee, you have a cigarette. Okay, so when you have your morning coffee, you're gonna keep getting a trigger in your brain. Ooh, it's time to go have a cigarette. So first it's making the decision. I don't do that anymore. That's not who I am anymore. It's it's really deciding that that's your new identity. And then it's replacing that with something else, right? So instead of your coffee and a cigarette, can you have your coffee and, you know, I don't know, watching a video on YouTube. So every time you have your coffee, the new trigger is that you watch a video on YouTube and you replace it with something else that can now become a better habit for you, that can now become a better trigger for you so that you're not doing the thing you don't want to do. And if it's a habit you're trying to create, right, because it's something you don't do yet, but you want to be doing, then it's about not necessarily replacing it, but really more about reminding yourself. So it's in the beginning, you may have to remind yourself more. You may have to set reminders in your phone. You may have to put post-its up around your house so you see it and that triggers you to remember, oh yeah, I'm going to write today. Oh yeah, I'm going to whatever today. And doing that consistently that your brain will get the message finally that, oh, this is what we do now. We, we write every day. We work out every day. We take a walk with our dog every day, whatever it is for you. And that will help you to build the habit. When it's not a trigger yet, you must trigger yourself. So something that helps me with triggering things is piggybacking activities. So for example, when I wanted to get back into working out again, because I used to work out a lot and then I went through my divorce and I kind of stopped for a while and then 
things kind of picked back up again, but then I was back and forth on it because it wasn't yet a habit again. I had to make that change. So what I did was I put it back to back with activities that I was already doing. So now it's literally like I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, I put my contacts in, I take my dog out for a walk. When we get back from the walk, I work out for 15 to 20 minutes every day or most days. I don't work out every day, but it's it's something that I'm doing probably four to five times a week, which I feel like is a good habit for me. So that's the trigger, right? Is I take the dog out for a walk and then the next thing I do is work out. It becomes right away. So now when I take the dog out for a walk, my brain automatically tells me it's time to work out. And then I usually will go right away and work out. And if I don't, if I decide to do something else first, my brain will still remind me, oh, go work out because now it's a program in there. But when it wasn't, it was piggybacking the activity on something else I was already doing so that it became easier for it to become a habit because it's like, oh, well, I'm already doing this. And since I just walked the dog, my heart's already beating. I'm feeling more like, you know, that I've gotten some, some blood flow. Might as well work out for 15 to 20 minutes. Might as well do that yoga video I've been wanting to try. Might as well, whatever, right? So piggybacking the activities, that helps a lot too. And then also, Sometimes it's literally about just making it really obvious for yourself. So let's say like when I wanted to start drinking more water, I wanted to drink more water, especially first thing in the morning. So what I did was every night I would fill up a bottle of water and I would put it by my bedside. So when I woke up in the morning, I would see the water and it would automatically trigger me to drink it while I was sitting there. Now, when I didn't do that, right, when I didn't put the water next to my bed, I didn't have the habit of drinking water first thing in the morning because I wouldn't think about it. It wouldn't be a trigger for me and it wasn't a habit. So my brain was like, you don't need that. You don't need to do that. But because I wanted to do that, I had to first make it an intention and a decision to remind myself every night and I had it in my phone. Also, I would keep um, the water bottles upstairs by my, my bathroom sink so that I would know, okay, fill the bottle up before you go to bed and then put it by your bed. Or when I was buying water bottles before I had my water machine, um, I would actually have bottles of water that I would keep upstairs near my bathroom. So that way I would have it and I could just grab it and I would be able to drink it because I like room temperature water anyway. I don't need to keep it cold. So it's like I could keep some bottles upstairs in my bedroom or in my bathroom so that I could grab them and they would be easy access for me. So how can you trigger yourself into the habit until it becomes a program for you? Because at some point it becomes a program. And then what happens is when I didn't fill the water bottle up or I didn't bring the water bottle into my room, My brain would be like looking at the bedside table, oh, you need your water bottle. And then I would go get it, right? Because I programmed it enough where it was a habit now. So when I don't do it, my brain looks for the water bottle. My brain asks me, is it time to work out? Don't you want to work out? Like, because I made it a habit. But before it was a habit, it was about creating triggers for myself. It was about creating reminders for myself so that I would do these things. And the other thing is shifting in the moment. So like as... As the thing comes up, right, if you're like, I want to write every single day for 30 minutes and that's your your habit that you want to build. So first, it's looking at making the decision, committing to the decision. So you're going to commit every day. I'm writing today. I'm writing today, right, every day. And then it's creating the trigger for the activity. So what can you piggyback it on? Could you put a reminder up somewhere so that you see it and you know, okay, that's my trigger to go do this thing? Or like I said, piggybacking it for me is the best way is First, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do my visualization exercise. And then right after that, I'm going to write something. So that's my trigger. So now I know when I do those things, automatically I'm going to sit down and write right after. Now for me, writing has been a habit for such a long time 
that I don't really need any triggers anymore. My brain is constantly reminding me to write all the time. So it's not even like I have to think about it anymore. It just happens automatically, which is what we're going for, right? We want the habits to be something you do automatically. And that makes it easier to achieve your goals. So if there is a specific habit that would help you achieve your 100-day goal, that's the habit to start building, right? Something that's going to actually support you in achieving the goal. So as you shift in the moment, so when the moment comes up for you to do the thing, because it's not a habit yet, you might argue with yourself a little bit, right? Like you might be like, oh, well, I don't really feel like it. I don't have time. I have other things I need to do first. And that is when you have to go back to, like I was saying before, the committed decision. This is who I am now. I write every day. I work out every day. I don't smoke anymore. I whatever, right? It's going to be different for everybody. But it's about triggering yourself and then deciding over and over again. So when the moment happens and you're like, I don't want to, I'm not feeling it right now. I don't, because again, it's not programmed in your reptilian brain at that point. So your reptilian brain's like, eh, who cares? We don't have time. This is not going to happen right now. You need to do something else. Like there's other things to do because it's not in your brain yet that you need this habit. And once it's in there, you're going to do it automatically, or you're going to be triggered to do it automatically, or at least you're going to get reminded to do it every day because it's in your brain and your reptilian brain is like, hey, you need this to survive, right? So shifting in the moment is about in the moment when you feel like, I don't want to do this, I'm not going to do this. It's making the decision and doing it anyway, because the more you do that, the more you show and program into your reptilian brain that you need this habit, right? That you want to do this habit, that this is a good habit for you. And the other thing I would say is sometimes you make a decision to do something new, to make a new habit, and sometimes it just sticks right away because it's a decision that you've made and you're so done with not having this thing be a habit that like you just automatically are over it, right? And you're like, this is happening now. So one example for me was um, growing up, I used to brush my teeth twice a day. I still do, obviously, um, but I never flossed. I hated flossing. I didn't understand why we had to do it. I felt like I couldn't fit my hands in my mouth and I just didn't want to do it. So I never flossed. And I always had cavities. Constantly, I would have cavities. I'd go to the dentist and they'd be like, you got three cavities, you got six cavities, you got eight cavities. I know, crazy, right? But I did because I eat a lot of sugar also a habit I'm working on. And so for that reason, I ended up in my early 20s. Oh, I was living in Southern California and I was probably like 23 years old. I ended up having a ton of cavities. One day I went to the dentist and they were like, you have eight cavities in teeth that already had cavity fillings. And they literally were like, we cannot fill these teeth again. There's no way we can do it. So my options were get crowns on every single one of those teeth or I could spend $7,000 and go through a pretty painful procedure of getting inlays done where they basically numb you as best they can, then they drill out the center of your teeth so that they remove all the cavities and all the old filling, and then they replace the filling with basically like a mold that then becomes the inside of your tooth. It bonds to your tooth, they, they glue it in there, and then it's the inside of your tooth. So the inside of my teeth are now fake inside, but the outsides are still real. So... I made that decision to do that because that I didn't want to have crowns because they were like, if you get crowns, you're going to have to get them replaced again at some, <laughs> at some point in the future. And that just sounded like a whole lot of nonsense that I didn't want to deal with. They were like, if you get the inlays, you should be good for pretty much the rest of your life. You're not going to have to deal with you know any other issues with that. So I was like, okay, we're going to get the inlays. It was very expensive. It was very painful because I have very sensitive teeth. My, my um, gums and stuff are very sensitive. So like, and also my nerves are very sensitive. So like I was feeling almost everything. It was awful. It was one of the worst dental experiences of my life. And 
I made the decision from that day on, I was going to floss every single night before I went to bed, no matter what. That was a decision I made. And it became a habit almost immediately. And for the reasons I said, so first I made the decision and I was committed to that decision. I was not willing to waver. I was not willing to let myself get out of it somehow. It was a decision that I made and I was committed to it. Then I added flossing into a routine I already had, right? I would brush my teeth that night, wash my face. And after I brushed my teeth, I would floss immediately, right? That would be the next trigger. I I piggybacked it to that activity. So I would do it every night. And then of course, it was just about repeating it every single day and trusting that if I continued to make the decision that I was not available or willing to do anything else except floss every night, that it would become a habit. So for me, that became a habit almost instantly. And it's a habit I've kept up ever since. So I literally, at, at this point in my life and literally since that day back in 2006, I think it was, 2007, um, I made the decision and I've been flossing my teeth every single night ever since. In fact, I even, the habit is so ingrained in me now that even if I fall asleep on the couch and I wake up at like 4 a.m., I will not go to bed until I brush and floss my teeth. Will not. Like I might go to bed without washing my face, but I will not go to bed without brushing and flossing my teeth. That's how much of a habit it is for me now because of all those things that I talked about. So making a decision, making a committed decision, meaning I'm committing to it and then I'm gonna decide it every single day until it's a habit and then it's piggybacking it off of another activity I'm already doing, or if it's something you don't wanna be doing anymore, can you replace it with another activity so that you have something else to do besides that thing that you used to do that you don't wanna do anymore? And then it's shifting in the moment. So if the moment comes up and you're like, I don't wanna do this, I don't feel like it, you get to decide again, no, I'm doing this because this is who I am now. So like I was saying with the teeth thing, if I wake up on the couch and I don't fall asleep on the couch very often now because I go to bed super early, but in my early 20s, in my late 20s, when I still stayed up really late and I used to like watch movies late at night and things like that, sometimes I would fall asleep on the couch. But my decision and my committed decision and shift in the moment was if I woke up in the middle of the night on the couch, I still had to brush and floss my teeth before I went to bed. That was my shift in the moment. I would feel like, uh, do I really have to? It's not a big deal. I do it consistently now. Can I give up one night? It's not a big deal. No, it is a committed decision and I'm doing this. So that is how I've been able to change habits in my life. That is the way that I would recommend changing them in your own life. And let me know if you have any questions about any of this. I know that um, it can be a challenge, right? It's not easy to create a habit. It's not easy to make a habit out of something, but you can do it. And if there is a habit that would help you in achieving your 100-day goal, like writing every day or like making sure that you're doing whatever actions you know you need to be doing, but make them habits, right? Because if you can make something a habit, it makes everything easier for you, right? Because then you don't have to think about it. You don't have to spend the energy going back and forth with yourself every day. Am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? You're just doing it, right? Because it's a habit and it's something you're committed to. So that is habits. That is how to change them for good. And I would love to know if you have any questions about any of this. So let me know. I know most of you are watching this as a replay. So put your questions in the comments. I'm happy to answer them for you. And let me know if there's anything else that I can help you with around creating habits or getting rid of old habits that you don't want anymore because I love this topic and I could definitely give you some guidance and some suggestions on how to fix or change your habits. So that is it for this training. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, Oh, and I just want to share this with you guys because I'm really excited about it and I haven't talked about this publicly yet because um, I wasn't actually planning. This has nothing to do with the habit thing. This is just a side note now that the training is done. Um, I wasn't planning on 
putting this out publicly because I was creating this just for myself. But then when I finished creating it with my team, we were like, oh my God, this is so awesome. We need to sell this. So we need to put this out there and let other people have access to it too. So my team and I have been working for the last three months on a feel-good life planner. So it's basically a 12-month undated planner that you can use at any point in the year to really focus yourself every day on how can I feel good? What can I do to feel good? What activities will help me feel good? Because at the end of the day, feeling good is what it's all about, right? Whether whether you have a specific goal for the 100 days or maybe you've got a couple of goals, whatever it is that you want, it's because you believe having that goal, achieving that thing is going to make you feel good, right? And at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want to feel good. We want to be proud of ourselves. We want to be excited with what we're doing. And so why not have a planner where you get to focus on that, right? Where every day you're really focused on what am I doing to feel good? What am I doing to achieve my goals and to track my habits and all that stuff? So I just wanted to share it with you guys because I'm really excited. So this is the proof copy and I know the text is going to be backwards, but it is so cool. It is freaking huge. It is an eight and a half by 11 planner with 530 pages. So it is a freaking monster, but I'm so pumped about it and it has daily pages where basically like you can look at the different things you're doing. You can look at how you want to feel that day. And then there's actually a check-in every day where you can like check in on how you're feeling and all that. So this was actually a bonus book. I was not intending to put this out. Like I said, I was just creating this for myself. But then my team was like, no, this thing is awesome. We need to put it out there. So in my 100-day goal challenge, I'm going to have two books out. I'm going to have this planner out. And then I'm also going to have my novella in December, which I'm really pumped about. So... Anyway, just wanted to share that with you because I'm really excited and I got the proof today and I'm absolutely in love with it. It's just like so fun and amazing. And if you're interested in that, stay tuned because I will tell you more about where to find one if you want. But either way, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to share it with you guys because I'm really excited and I'm not ready to share it publicly yet. We're going to start talking about it next week and we're going to officially launch it for Black Friday. So that is all for me. Let me know if you have any questions about habits. Oh, and since we're talking about habits, let me show you the habit tracker in this thing. So at the bottom here, we have the habit tracker where you literally write out the habit you're working on, the reward you're going to give yourself for achieving it for the week, and then you have the seven days to check off for you working on your habit. I thought that was so cool. That was an addition we made kind of last minute because I had someone suggest that to me last year when I was working on this planner initially, and then I never finished it. Um, And so it was like, yeah, let's put that in there, and I thought it would be really cool. So just wanted to share it with you guys because I'm really excited about it, and like I said, I'm not talking about it publicly yet, so I didn't have anyone else to share it with, so I thought I would share it with you guys. Um, So yeah, that is all for today's training. Let me know if you have any questions about habits, about creating them, about destroying old ones, because I love this topic, and I have lots more I could say about it. Let me know and I will see you very soon for our next training and our next check-in at the end of this month. And until then, remember, feeling good is the point and the path. Thanks for listening to the Anne Life Podcast. My mission is to raise the vibe of the planet and make it normal for people to have it all and feel good in the process. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a positive review and share the link with your friends so they can listen too. For more from me, be sure to visit my website, jenniferblanchard.net, and join my free Facebook group, The Feel Good Life Club.